Hey, Chismosas. I'm Stephanie. I'm Igby. And we are Pumpkin the Queens. Queens. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it's I wrong, know. but I like it. It's wrong, but it's right. It does say Pumpkin Queen. This is true. Gotta break out all my spooky gear. Already. Already. <laughs> Got the spooky nails and all. Oh, you do have spooky nails. They look they good. They literally I have like ghosts. <laughs> They're cute. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesme Queens. If you are new to the podcast, Cheesme means gossip. And we have all the gossip. We have all the tea on Married at First Sight. Today, we are covering Married at First Sight Season 15, Episode 13 in sunny San Diego. But first, Igby, do you have any Cheesme? Just a wee little bit, like we've been saying, pickings are slim. I know, I want uh, ex-girlfriends to come out, I want people to talk shit, something, give me something, please. And already it's pretty late in the game here, so if they were going to mm-hmm. come out, they probably would have already. Or they're waiting till the end to dish everything and say, whatever was depicted on TV is completely 100% correct and he is a total slime ball, or something like that. Just throwing Why that out gotta be heat? These ladies aren't so great either. (laughs) Maybe you got something there. I know. Wouldn't it be great if Lindy's um, ex-fiance came out and said, yo, she is crazy. Don't do it, Miguel. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, the preview for next week, I'm like, girl, what? She is laughing like the Joker. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I think the extreme religion as a child really did a number on that one. Yeah. Because... It's not all clicking. Bless her heart. Which is why I'm amazed she's a doctor. Because <laughs> I guess she had to channel it all there. <laughs> the rest is just like, I don't know, blank. <laughs> anyway, back to Cheese Man. Uh, I did see a little story online about your homeboy, Mark the Shark. Not my homeboy. You know that. You, every time he goes on live, you're like, oh. Got the notification. Let me click on and see what Mark's doing. Oh, he's you... walking on the Stairmaster again. <laughs> you know what? I have never seen a live of Mark the Shark. I've seen stories, but I do have never seen a live. I have. I don't think. I don't think I'm missing all exactly the same. Exactly. You're not. <laughs> but apparently, he's faking the funk on the socials. Uh, apparently, he's been filming like Instagram reels and tiktoks and taking photos and stuff in this house claiming that it's his but in actuality it seems like the internet has figured out that it's his cousin and his wife's house uh but mark is quick to say that oh you know that's his new kitchen that's a new renovation he's doing he's liking all the comments that are um complimenting him on this house or insinuating that this house is his and it's just like, that's gross. That is super gross. How weird. How weird. Why? Because <laughs> he thinks he won't get caught, I guess. Because apparently this cousin or whoever owns this house isn't uh, on social media like that. So they aren't seeing him doing these things. But what but an idiot. Once people like, started to, yeah, go ahead. Once people start to figure it out, then he started to change his tune and be like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, this is my cousin's house. It's like, why are you lying in the first place? Yeah, even if the cousin isn't on social media like that, I'm sure other people who are friends of both of them or family of both of them will see that and be like, you know, Mark's taking credit for your house for some weird reason. (laughs) 
it's just a strange that's a strange thing to pull yeah it, it, it was weird and then too i think he was insinuating that the cousin's wife was his girlfriend because he posted something what? about like she was <laughs> she was cooking in the kitchen and he was like behind her and he said something like first date check or something like that Ew. It got weirder. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good that's but a good one. Huh? Talking about, <laughs> that's a good story. But then that's so strange. They were uh comparing it against Lindsay and her uh invisible boyfriend that they've been calling George Glass on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like both of them, they really did deserve each other. They just couldn't make it work. <laughs> uh so yeah, Mark's just a total thirst bucket, and it's sad and hard to watch. <laughs> but he continues to keep doing it over and over again. Speaking of Lindsay, uh, she had a little bit of, I don't want to say a medical emergency, but a medical issue this week. Apparently, she got these horrific-looking gel nails done, where it was like like pink-on-pink pink French tip, like a hmm. baby pink with like a hot pink tip ugly okay um but apparently she found out that this particular gel that this nail technician used uh she's allergic to she said she got them done and then within like an hour or two she had like um welts and like her fingers were swelling up and it yeah got pretty gnarly so she had to go and as soon as she got it taken off it was fine again oh weird so, so she was just putting out an advisory um just to make sure you know what being used in case you do have an allergy but then i think the real purpose of this post was to do a little bit of a humble brag because she did the thing that people do when they're trying to flex their car where they're like oh new nails but they're really trying to show the emblem on the steering wheel so you can see mm -hmm. what kind of car they have mm -hmm. like oh don't pay attention to this porsche logo I'm just showing that I got my gel removed. And it's like, all right, I see what you did there. You're right. They do deserve each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can send a birthday shout out to Karen from our New Orleans season. It looks like yesterday she had a birthday. Uh, still radio silence over there about her and Miles. So we still don't know what's going on. Now, I did look in the comments about the New Year's trip, and it looks like as of recently, she has been confirming to people that have been asking that it is still going on. So again, I don't know how that all works, but it should be interesting. If it's anything like Gil's trip to Senegal, it won't even matter because it seemed like the people that were on that trip did not give two shits about Married at First Sight. Like It seemed like they didn't even know who he was. Really? Yeah. Huh. It seemed like they booked a trip to go to Senegal, not a trip with, with Gil. Gil. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So maybe they didn't even use Gil's link whatsoever. They were just already booked through that agency. Exactly. Mm, that's interesting. And then just were using him for promo. Yeah. For an already planned. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you're right. It won't matter. Exactly. And I, too, was noticing both her and Miles, they're content on instagram is all just branded sponsorship deals they don't really post any personal for stuff. how long like forever <laughs> it seems like it wow like girl why are you promoting modern fertility like just like bold face <laughs> random <laughs> stuff like i'll 
promote anything. Okay. <laughs> like, cause she gets by. Or even like, I think they got a, I think they got a furniture sponsorship and it showed her like putting together a couch and all this shit together by herself. And I was like, mm-hmm. but she has the dog still, but I thought that was his dog. Oh, I was like, is I that a big know. deal? Yeah, that is weird. If it's his dog, they didn't get know. the dog together. Or he already had it. They got it after they got married. Mm. But I thought he was the one that really wanted it. Oh, okay. And I think he named it. It really doesn't matter. It matters who the dog um, connects to the most, in my opinion. Mm. Or even like randomly, she's promoting the National Fried Chicken Festival <laughs> happening this weekend. I'm like, is that a thing? I am very curious I- about how much income she makes from these sponsored posts that's interesting maybe we should be slinging modern fertility on our instagram what's that gonna be you know i don't give a shit about this but you should try (laughs) i don't care what the results say (laughs) and you already have a baby so who cares i I don't even have a uterus so it doesn't even matter (laughs) that also by modern fertility Perfect. Let's cut that and put it in every episode. <laughs> exactly. Get our 10 cents. <laughs> and then one day we can both get a soda. <laughs> hmm. Not not with inflation. It'd be a very long time. <laughs> you can only get like one big gulp with two straws. <laughs> That's not even safe anymore. Remember the 50 cent um, H-E-B branded sodas in the front? Vending machines at H-E-B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are awesome. We could get a 25-cent water from Sam's. Clubhouse. There you go. I don't have a membership, That though. machine doesn't ever work. I do. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> and I only go there to buy paper towels and rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Sam's? You, Costco rotisserie chicken is where it's at. So good. Well... Sam's had a deal where the membership was only like $10. So when Costco has $10, that's what I do actually, because every year on Groupon, they usually run a special. So one year I get Sam's and then the next year I get Costco. (laughs) Since I'm centrally located to both. Nice. That's how you scam the system, baby. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. You're going to live a lot longer than I am. Well, (laughs) not that anybody listening to this is probably eligible, but kinetic connect is casting for a new documentary series following high school couples why which is dramatic stupid immature stuff i mean i'd watch it (laughs) yeah it's supposed to be about them embarking on their final year of high school and you know if they're so madly in love how they're gonna like continue on after that whatever it sounds hilarious don't that's my advice (laughs) girls gone wild (laughs) <laughs> but yeah that's i think that's all i got today okay yeah i it was it was Unless... pretty pretty slim pickings there um i also saw oh, a wait. okay yes you know there's always a blind item from the beginning of the week that i forget that i have because it gets buried <laughs> under the tweets yes what, what do you got speaking of casting they're also casting for relationship experts what <laughs> Y'all aren't actively, like, recruiting people. Y'all are wanting people to come to you as experts. You're not doing any research on these people. That explains so much. So what does that mean? Is Pastor Cal... I think Pastor Cal will come back. I think Dr. Pepper's probably donezo. 
it seems like she's not really into anything that's been happening. But Pastor Cal's always going to want to, you know, pitch his book. Have somewhere to... Exactly. <laughs> Dr. Pia, uh, I don't feel like she was helpful at all. And the Bozo this week for sure wasn't helpful. Well, I don't like him. Yeah, for, but for He's the just record, one big, like... Nothing ever gets solved, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, all they do is make it worse. They really do. Most of the time. Mm-mm. But yeah, Homeboy was just like one big book jacket. Get out of here. <laughs> that's perfect yeah okay now that's all i have okay um i also saw a casting call from kinetic content for single men are you single and ready for an exciting new dating adventure would you be interested in meeting the woman of your dreams in an exotic location if the answer is yes apply today casting singles island.castingcrane.com because there's not so enough is this island for the love island rejects I was just going to say, isn't there a lot of islands? Temptation Island rejects. Temptation Island, Bachelor in Paradise. Um, There's a lot of island reality shows. (laughs) Survivor. Survivor. (laughs) I mean, you could find love on there. Um, Sure. Go for the alternate prize. (laughs) And not really chisme, uh, but another I hate Mark comment. Uh, Coolio passed away this week. R.I.P. But Mark, of course, had to do a story on it and wrote the cliche that everybody knew he would bring about, living in a gangsta's paradise. Thank you, Mark. So poignant. Eat shit. <laughs> I just kissed him. <laughs> and then we'll end on a happy note. Nate, Married at First Sight Season 5 in Chicago, is expecting a baby with his partner. I didn't watch that, but the picture looks nice and they look happy. So congratulations. It was so long ago. Yeah. It was so long ago I don't remember. Like I look I saw the post, but even then it didn't trigger anything to me. Yeah. But yeah, congratulations nonetheless. Yeah. Baby news is always happy news when both people are excited about it. I was gonna say unless it's not. <laughs> <laughs> One time so I was a cashier supervisor. And I always got the comments like, oh, you're not pregnant, because all the cashiers were usually pregnant um, because they'd be in other departments. And then when you got pregnant, you got moved into the cash register, right? Um, So one time, one of the cashiers that was not pregnant came in crying, and she had missed the day before. And I was like, what, are you pregnant? Yes. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) My bad. It's going to be okay. Babies are a blessing. (laughs) Poor thing. She was like 18 years old. I saw a reel this weekend where the son and I guess his wife or or his partner are showing the mom uh, a sonogram picture. And she's so mad. She's like, are y'all serious? You can't even handle the two kids you already have. You're going to have another baby? Oh, shit. I just cannot. (laughs) And they were just like, "Uh, okay, well then... (laughs) You know, but if that happened to me and I filmed it, I wouldn't have posted it. That's super embarrassing. (laughs) So strange. Some clout by any means necessary. Anything you have that can go viral, post it. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all the Cheesemen today. If y'all have any Cheesemen, go ahead and send it to us on Instagram. We are at Podcast, and on Twitter. We are at Chiefs McQueens. Every Wednesday on Twitter, Igby live tweets the episode so you can catch her there because it's always a good time. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share so other Chiefs Melissa's can find us. 
Um, that's the one of the biggest ways we get uh, new listeners is from your uh, five stars on Apple and Spotify. So go ahead and do that for us, and we'd be forever so grateful. Anything else, Bigby? No, let's get to the show. Let's do it. All right, Married at First Sight, Season 15, Episode 13. Igby, hit me with the title. The Ugly Truth. Bum, bum, bum. I think that was the title of a a stupid rom-com, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah. All right. Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson? No. Um, Heigl. What's her first name? Ooh, even worse. Yeah. Catherine. Catherine Heigl, yeah. And that guy from... What happened to her? She had a run. Yeah, I think she, like, when you talk shit about Shonda Rhimes, you don't work so much after that. I mean, (laughs) she made the bed, so... Sleep on it, bitch. Um, I'm sure it's... You're sure what? I'm sure it's fine. She has plenty of dollars to wipe her tears with. Oh, yeah. She's she's fine. Um, Speaking of... mm, They're fine, I guess. Uh, Lindy and Miguel. Let's talk about them. Speaking of a bad rom-com, <laughs> they'd be perfect. They'd be perfect for a bad rom-com. We start the episode with them uh, saying goodbye to McGindy. Miguel's, um, you know, tucking McGindy in the little weird box she came in, or he came in. And they put her, put him outside, and yeah. Still yet to be determined. Yeah. We get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> they close the door, and then Lindy says, good riddance, you demon." <laughs> Someone's not ready. Not ready for that. And that's okay. <laughs> Next we see them uh, axe throwing. Have you ever been axe throwing? Take a wild guess. No? Okay. Well, I don't know. You go on dates. You know? I assumed maybe some of them would be out of the box. Like axe throwing or, I don't know, painting. Things like that. I don't know. Someone trying to be different, dare say. Oh, okay. Sure. Put an effort. So- <laughs> All right, so Igby, Igby has not been axe throwing. Neither have I. I've never been axe throwing, but I'm scared of sharp objects, so there's that. Um, Lindy is surprisingly very good at this, and Miguel is not surprisingly very bad at this. <laughs> and he's pretty impressed uh, with her throwing as well. He's not being, um, you know, a sore loser or pouting or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Huh. He was He was affirming her, but I still think... On the inside, he was sour about it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he had a bruised ego. But what I'm saying is, like, he wasn't bringing that into the game. You know how when people are losing and they stop participating or they're talking shit or, you know, things like that. He wasn't. He was a really good sport about it. But I am 100% sure it bruised his ego that he could not throw an axe, especially when he's into all that fantasy stuff. I'm sure there's, like, I don't know, axe throwing and sword play in all his little fantasy games <laughs> so after a while uh, Lindy wins and then they start talking about their relationship and Lindy admits that she's scared she is scared that there's still you know a few weeks to go and in between now and then there might be an explosion or an argument or something and that really sucks because now they love each other. They have so much invested. It's going to hurt a lot more. And Miguel doesn't say, you know, oh, that's not going to happen. Or he doesn't sugarcoat anything like that. And he just keeps it real. And that makes Lindy nervous. And he kind of puts it into a another 
he he phrased it another way. He's like, okay, would you ever want to be in a loveless marriage? And she says, it depends, or yes, like that she could work it out. Like even if someone was unhappy, that she would work her hardest to kind of they can find the love again. Which um, Miguel does not agree with that at all. He's like, yeah, you try and try until you can't try anymore. But at the end of the day, if I'm not happy, you're not happy. I'm out. And she starts stressing again. She says that her his take on it is just making her spiral. And she's also taking it as a threat, which I thought was a little extreme. Um, but he says it's not a threat. It's just reality. How, how did, What was your take on that? Did you see it as a threat? I didn't. I, no. I mean, to me, it makes what he's saying makes sense. Yeah. Like, why would you want to keep pouring into a, like, endless well? Like, it's just, not, there's no progress. So what's the point? Why are you going to just trap yourself and just be miserable together? Right. It's stupid. And if you're taking it to extremes, like, say, one of them cheats or something like that, um, that's a pretty hard boundary to cross. And so what? She says that you can find love again after that. I, I doubt Lindy can get past that <laughs> as sensitive as she is i doubt very highly and i'm 100 sure miguel was that's a no for him too yeah mm. so next thing we see miguel is having a chat with lindy's friend stephanie it sounds like they're work friends uh lindy uh, stephanie says that her longest time that she ever spent with lindy was when they went to costa rica together and that's when she ex- first experienced lindy's hangriness Miguel says he has never experienced that, but maybe because he's feeding her all the time or maybe because they're feeding off the love that they have for each other. And Stephanie responds accordingly and says, uh, gross, which is the correct response. She does say that Lindy is easy to be around most of the time and um, then kind of turns it around on Miguel and asks if there's anything that gives him pause about Lindy. And right away, like no hesitation, he says yes, that the experts had recently given them a baby for an extra challenge. And while they had the baby, she was really quick to anger. And that was kind of frustrating for, for him. It sounds like Miguel was doing most of the work during this process because uh, Lindy was spiraling. Which is what we saw. Yes. Yes. And Steph, she kind of makes, um, I wouldn't say like a solid girlfriend move. She says, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's Lindy. <laughs> She doesn't say, oh, she's she gets better or, you know, she she didn't try to, you know, power up her friend whatsoever. She's like, oh, yeah, I've witnessed that. That's happened to me at work. She does that. <laughs> Miguel says that she's also yeah. quick to be negative and he wants her to work through those triggers so that he can be happy as well because it really gets to him. And, and then we see Stephanie trying to recover from what she has said. And she's like, well, usually she's really happy-go-lucky. And um, he goes, yeah, yeah, he's, he agrees, kind of. But he says that she's really quick to be negative. And, um, you know, that it's not a deal breaker. He's not sure if it's a deal breaker. But at the end of the day, it will affect him. And it may push them apart. So that happens. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Lindy's going to be mad about that. <laughs> You're going to hear that about that at work. Mm-hmm. And then we see Lindy and Miguel with Pastor Cal. Why is Lindy wearing a beanie with a, a red power suit? It's orange. Orange, whatever. I don't know what could have inspired this look whatsoever. Even if you were having a bad hair day, a bun or a ponytail would have been better than putting two chunky <laughs> pigtails 
braids <laughs> and then putting a hat on top of it, just drawing more attention. And Pastor Cow. And then putting on a power suit. Yes, yes. And then Pastor Cow with a straight face said, y'all look great. <laughs> he said it with a straight face. <laughs> I was like, what? And then he says, you're glowing, but it's not because you're pregnant, right? That's weird. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And slightly inappropriate for your counselor to um, inject in the conversation. <laughs> it's not real counseling, so it's fine. Mm. Uh, but Lindy's like, yeah, no, I'm not pregnant. We need to wait on the baby. It was a lot. Uh, she then complains about how the baby kept them up every two hours. Um, that's what babies do. Um, and then she said that the you know when they had the baby, it caused a lot of tension between her and Miguel. And Patrick Kyle's like, okay, let's stop there. Let's talk about the stress and the tension and how Lindy handles it. Miguel says it still affects him. It's an ongoing issue, especially the negativity. Lindy's pretty surprised. She said she didn't know that it was boiling up. And Miguel stops her there. He's like, no, it's not boiling up, but it's not sustainable. Pastor Cal then asked if he's seen Lindy at her worst. And Lindy's like, no, but he's seen characteristics. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's seen a 4.5, which blows Miguel's mind. He looks completely shocked, like, ooh, that was only a 4.5? That wasn't even half? That wasn't a 5? Mm -hmm. That's scary. <laughs> and, he, and she's like, oh, you look scared. Um, yes, because that's freaking scary. Um, then Pastor Cal asks, okay, well, how many times in your life have you been at a 10? And then she says twice, which is not, not bad in 30 years, as he points out. And then he tells her, why are you forecasting doom? Why are you putting this out in the universe? That And she just laughs. She just thinks it's funny. She's like, oh, he hasn't seen the worst of me. Uh, oh, I'm scaring you. I'm so sorry. And she just kind of is very nonchalant about it. It's really weird. But Miguel kind of puts him back to the conversation and says, you know what? The negativity is is part of that but it goes further it's like in every kind of situation that they're in and she said that that's going to be really hard for her to get rid of or work through because it's so deeply ingrained in her it's her norm and then pastor cal asks if miguel can live with that norm and then the scene ends nothing solved i hate that uh you don't need the answers okay <laughs> it's not about you they might have had another hour conversation, but that is all that we got. <laughs> I'm sure they did. You know, they love to slice and dice those scenes up. I know, it's so dumb. All right, let's move it along. How about another couple in love, Stasha and Nate? Um, no, only one of them is in love. Thank you very much. But he said it. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Did I imagine that? Didn't he say that at the one month anniversary? Doesn't matter today. He does not. <laughs> Love her. I was like, okay. he he did say it. I'm not crazy, am I? This is the Nate effect working on you. <laughs> Gaslighting from afar. Yep. You're crazy. <laughs> it's all in your mind. Uh, so we see a quick clip of them getting ready to go to their counseling session. Stasha is ready to go and Nate is looking dusty as usual, <laughs> but he'll get there. I'm glad he recognized his dustiness as we have um, commented on it previously. <laughs> so they meet up with Pastor Cal. Stasha and Cal are twinning with their pink. Now, I want to know who taught Pastor Cal about understanding the assignment, <laughs> sir. 
What young person taught you how to say that? <laughs> His assistant. <laughs> Maybe. So they sit down and Pastor Cal says that they've been receiving updates and reports all the time about what's going on. And he's seen and heard the conversations and some of the activities they've done. And, you know, some things made Pastor Cal blush a little bit. <laughs> he said he was embarrassed. And they're like, what did we do to embarrass you? And he says, you know, the sex toys made him a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, y'all put that, it out there. That's supposed to be y'all's idea. I know. Exactly. <laughs> But Nate just chalks it up to Pastor Cal not being a freak like that. Uh, Pastor Cal says the last time he talked to them, they hadn't even had sex. So for them to be all extra about it, he wants to get into the love conversation. He says for him, it comes down to a decision ultimately. He asks if there's been some concrete decisions or words that have solidified how they feel about each other. Stasha says that she does have those feelings of love and she's told Nate before, but Nate hasn't reciprocated. He says he has love for her, but isn't necessarily in love with her. He does admire Stasha. He feels like that ties into love and all the qualities that Stasha has are amazing and he's happy about that. So Pastor Cal asks if he's ever felt like saying I love you and Nate says yes, but he's, of course he stopped himself a few times at this point. So they ask what's stopping him. And he says he's waiting for the right moment. And the camera cuts to Stasha and she's just like shrugging her shoulders because she doesn't understand either. And the way she's looking at him is like so desperate. It's sad. Here's a question. Do you think this was filmed before the one month anniversary and then they just threw it over here for scheduling sake? Because he's waiting for the right moment. But I truly think he did say that he loved her at one month anniversary. Nah, I don't know. I'm not thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> That's my thought. That's my conspiracy. Who knows when on the timeline this show happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I said to me, Stasha looks like a total pick me and I hate that <laughs> for her. Yeah. Cause, and especially this is what you're settling for. <laughs> Same with Mitch and Kristen. Like, who the hell are you to tell me anything? We'll get there. <laughs> so... Pastor Cal asks if there's um, any insecurities about falling in love and getting hurt, and if that has anything to do with his past situations or if he's ever been cheated on. Uh, Nate says he hasn't been cheated on that he knew of, but they're in a marriage and they're going to be together for years and years and years, so there's plenty of time for, I guess, them to take things slow. Then Pastor Cal asks Stasha about her past and if she's been hurt by cheating, and she says, yes, she has been cheated on. But she has also been the cheater. Plot twist. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, why didn't they ask Nate? Yeah. Because that's the first thing I said. Uh, you can't be cheated on when you're the cheater. Duh. Yep. But yeah, they didn't ask him. Both. Yeah. Or maybe they did or and it they was didn't show it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then she says that this cheating happened in a relationship that was 10 years ago. And she's not that person anymore. And again, on Twitter, I was like, oh, yeah, I forget that Stasha is a more mature lady. Because at first I'm thinking the people on this show, okay, 10 years ago could have been high school for some people yeah. or, you know, early college. But I'm like, oh, yeah, she's almost 40. So 10 years ago, she was definitely grown. Yeah. Uh, but then Pastor Cal asks Nate how he feels about it or if it doesn't matter at this point. And he says he just feels a little bit disappointed because he didn't want to be married to someone who exhibited that behavior in the past. He says that he sees Stasha a certain way 
and he wants to be proud of her and to hear that she's cheated is a little bit alarming. He sees her as a great woman, but cheating is not a great quality. Pastor Cal asks how she feels about sharing now, and she says, well, now it's a bit shaky because I don't know what's going to happen next. If she shares information, how much is he going to judge her for you know, whatever she says? Yeah. And Pastor Cal questions if they need to actually know every little thing about each other or some things you can just keep the past in the past. Yeah. And that's where that ends. Next, we see Nate meeting up with Stasha's friend and cousin to get more information about Stasha dynamically he says he says they have a lot of upside potential as a couple and if they were to get divorced he would feel like a failure i'm like okay interesting power word usage <laughs> i always feel like when he's talking to her family they he's it's just like a total performance mm, he's in sales mode mm-hmm so they're at the table, they're having drinks, and they ask him how it's going. He says they've had their ups and downs, but it's brand new, so that's to be expected. And they ask him what kind of challenges they've been having. Nate says that she mentioned cheating in the past, and that triggered an insecurity in him. He admits that he judged her for it, and says that they've only been together five weeks, so he doesn't know the dynamics of her all the way. Basically, all he knows is Stasha he's seen for the last five weeks, and that's his only baseline. So not hearing positive things uh, can make him biased. He says it's hard for him to take her at face value because they've only known each other for a short bit of time. Nate says he expects her, oh no, Nate says that he appreciates that she's been uh, very transparent. He thinks that she's smart and driven, but he can recognize that she's been hurt and sometimes that comes into their relationship now, especially when it comes to issues about trust. So they asked him if he trusts her or no they ask him if he thinks she trusts him and he says they're getting better with that they're getting to know each other and still learning how to communicate with one another he says that he's a bit more easygoing and breezy about the process where she's 100 percent in all the way hardcore ready to go straight to the finish line uh, he thinks this experience is like a boot camp of him trying to be transparent and vulnerable and it's at hyper speed and it's very intense and he's trying to adjust his learning curve, but it's very challenging for him. He says Stasha being patient with him definitely shows him that she cares and they ask if the L word has been brought up yet and Nate says that Stasha has definitely said it to him, but he has not returned that favor. He let her know that again, he has love for her and it's growing and he's getting close. Uh, Stasha's friend Aja says that if Nate doesn't say I love you back it's gonna hurt Stasha and it's gonna be so bad that she's gonna step back and close off and that's what she's worried about happening because if that happens then Nate won't be seeing the best or good side mm -hmm. of Stasha so back at the table they ask him if any parts of him make him feel like they won't like he won't line up to her expectations and he says absolutely <laughs> And that's where their conversation ends. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that he's like, I have to take her at face value because we've only known each other a short amount of time. That's all relationships at the beginning. <laughs> of course, you only have, you have what you have to work with. You either exactly. dig it or you don't. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just Unless it's some kind of transitional relationship. Yeah. Mm. So, next we see Stasha meeting with Nate's friends. And of course, they ask how it's going. And she's like, it's great. She says they've had some obstacles and challenges, but they were able to get through it, which she's happy about. 
Uh, then she starts talking about the session the day before with Pastor Cal and how Nate was saying he loves this about her and that about her, but he can't say, I love you. And also the fact that he's wanted to say it, but stopped himself. She tells the friends, you know, she just doesn't understand what's going on and why he's doing that. And Nate's friend says that he's known him for 15 years plus, And the only people he's ever heard Nate say, I love you to, is literally his family. That's it. So then she asked them like, okay, well, have y'all seen him in a serious relationship? And they both immediately say no. (laughs) Like she couldn't even finish the sentence before they said no. (laughs) They said like, usually it'll be a few dates or whatnot. Or, you know, they've seen him like in high school, like little puppy love situation, but never a real committed, serious, long-term relationship ever. Uh, In an ITM, Stasha says that being a 35-year-old man who's never been in a serious relationship and never experienced love, how does Nate even know if he is feeling love or not? She says the whole thing is surprising. And she said this before, trying to psych herself Mm -hmm. out. And it's like, no, it's just he just doesn't know. That's why he's not saying it. She just doesn't understand. It's like, or he doesn't love you. Could be that. The friends tell her that nobody has even gotten Nate to the point where she has so for him to even be toying with the thought of love is you know a step up for him Um, they think that the deep connection and deep conversations that nate and stasha are having are unnatural for nate and that's what's making him hold back he really needs to trust that she's going to be his everything before he's really comfortable saying that and when he comes to that realization that's when he'll open up more and be receptive to stasha She says she's trying to be patient, but she doesn't want to be in a loveless marriage. Thank you, producers, for making her say that also as well. I'm surprised that wasn't the title of the episode. Yeah, the producers were meddling around this episode. I'm like, all right, you guys, stop it. (laughs) Play a a drinking game. Right, there were some heavily rehearsed lines in this episode. (laughs) She says she's seeing him open up more, but he still is being kind of hard-headed. And they tell her that, Nate is just that kind of person. He wants to find his own path to doing things. And that's just the way he is. And that's the way he's always been. Stasa says she understands. She understands that. But if she were doing the same thing, where would they even be? Like they would just be at a standstill. She says she has to be the constant regulator and constantly has to figure out how to balance him out. So Nate, you need to step it up, bro. But yeah, that was them for the episode. Nothing. I'm trying to remember what happened next week. With them? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't remember. Must have not been spectacular. Yeah, there wasn't drama. Mm -mm. They go on the couple's retreat and have a good time. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) All right, let's go to Justin and Alexis. Bar. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Justin is meeting with Alexis' friend, Will. Hi, Will. Hey, Will. You didn't like um, Nate's friend with the hat? Was he wearing a hat? I thought one of them was cute, but didn't no. care enough to learn their names. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. No, Will, Will was doing it for you. Didn't stick out for me <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. So, you know, Will is asking how he's go- how everything's going. Uh, Justin tells him that they have good days and they have bad days. He brings up the dog situation and how that's a sensitive subject. But uh, he hopes that him giving up his dog should have shown Alexis that she's the main priority in his life. Not to say that he hasn't been perfect because he has cussed her out. 
they basically want the same thing, but can't communicate the same way or receive it in the same way. Will says the fear makes the bad worse, but he's everything technically that she wanted in a man. She's just scared. Justin's biggest fear is her quitting. That's his trauma. Usually the women in his life quit and he really wants this to work. And that's how that scene ends. Do you think Alexis has banged Will? You know, (laughs) I don't think so. I was just raising a question. I was going to say, I don't think Alexis is capable of like maintaining Mm. a relationship. Like, like that would ruin it. They couldn't be friends after that. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I see your point. But remember the guy who went to her dress fitting and we never saw him again? And he was like, she tried on the dress no. and he, he was like, mm, I think they, yes. I think they slept together. <laughs> oh, why, why wasn't Justin welcome to talk to him instead of Will? I wonder. Hmm. But uh, anyway, then we meet up with Devon Franklin, relationship advisor. Alexis, uh... Alexis is giving him eyes the entire time. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I think he's a shitty counselor, but he's not bad on the eyes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, the whole time he's talking, I'm like, he sounds like if Tony Robbins was a relationship expert. <laughs> With a sprinkle of Jesus. There you go. Right off the bat, he says, let's talk about the club. Alexis explains that she has a really tough job. And when she goes to the club, she gets to let loose and have some freedom. And Devon says, let's take that a step further. How does your marriage make you feel? And she says that her marriage makes her feel smothered. Justin says he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to be the controlling guy. But at the end of the day, he has figured out that he is that guy. He, Devon then asks Alexis, you know, what she likes to do that makes her feel free. She likes to travel. She likes to hike. She likes extreme sports. She wants to to get all that life has to offer. He then asks if Justin likes those things, and he does. He likes to travel, hike, and extreme sports. He says the best and securest freedom that they can experience is together. Now, is there anything wrong with the club? And this is when Justin brings about what everybody thought was his main problem, right? That he's scared that some guys are going to be hitting on her and he's going to lose her. And Alexis like, I'm so, I'm so proud of you, baby. I'm so proud of you right now. I was like, was that not discussed? I feel like that was pretty obvious. I thought that was already talked about. Maybe not. Uh, Devon says, the whole thing is stupid because, okay, he's naming all these alternatives. Fine, that's what she likes to do. But that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about going to the club every mm-hmm. weekend. And he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> they tried to do that together and it didn't work. Yeah. It's not like she's trying to go hiking at 11 p.m. on Saturday. No, she's trying to get to the 1942. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not crazy about this advice. I think it's really dumb. Um, I do agree that it's important to flesh out the root of the problem. So he did figure out that, you know, Justin has these insecurities. Yes, we can all agree about that. But Mm -hmm. I still don't understand how going to the club every weekend is acceptable. For a, how old? Let's see. 30, 29 year old married woman. I don't know. Once a month, I would be cool. And her guy friends. With her guy friends. Yeah. Once a month, I would think that that's fun. That's acceptable. You get what you get, you know. But why not the other three weekends go hiking, uh, extreme sporting, and what was the other thing? 
traveling with your husband because church church oh yeah that was his next thing he's he's telling justin okay you can't control who she who and where she's talking to these people today it's the club tomorrow it's the gym and the next day it's church it almost feels like he's shaming justin and about caring about <laughs> about his wife <laughs> you know what i mean it's like I yeah. would have problems if my husband wanted to go to the club every weekend without me. <laughs> I think that's really strange. And I would be a hundred percent. It's not that she wants to go without him. It's that he doesn't want to go. So that's his problem. Mm -mm. She's invited him and he doesn't want to go. So why should I have to stay home? Mm -mm. I would have all of these insecurities, even though I'm pretty secure in my marriage. It's still something that's weird. It's weird enough to make a hole in that security that you have in your relationship. And because it's weird enough to make that hole, that means that it can wobble. You know what I mean? If she's if she's grinding with some dude, guess what? Something else might happen too. And I could definitely see Alexis getting loose on the goose mm -hmm. and flipping up. Yep. So then he brings up the sex issue. They are not having sex. And this guy says that it's because there's an imbalance of power. I could see that a little bit. Alexis is definitely steering the ship here. And she says that she is dominant at work and she wants to be dominated in the bedroom. To which Justin says the most uh, not dominating thing ever. When she says, I'm dominant if the energy is reciprocated. He says this like two or three times in the episode. <laughs> I'm dominant, maybe. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. He's totally not. Um, the expert then says the we is the sexually fulfilled marriage. Alexis wants a confident Justin, so he needs Justin to look in the mirror and love who is looking back at him. Alexis wants to consummate the marriage before decision day. Um, yeah, that's pretty important. And uh, she wants that bond to grow stronger through intimacy. And then the expert says something about an, a mirror again, and I stopped listening because he's annoying. But that's the end of that section. <laughs> well. So what were your thoughts on this expert? Yeah. <laughs> his first his I, first stint. I'm surprised so many people liked him. I saw a lot of positive feedback online. You know, it's probably because they don't know his story and that he's divorced. Because he did say my wife. He didn't say my ex-wife during this taping, which I thought was interesting. Unless he remarried very quickly, did he? No, I don't think they were divorced at the time they Oh, it. okay. I thought he was just like this was covering that. his tracks or something. No, because they just recently got gotcha. divorced. How Like I think this year. So I don't think a lot of people know that. And he does come, because he's so confident and good looking, he does come off as, you know, charming. But because we know backstory and because we don't really agree with his takes, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say his advice. I don't, I, don't like. I just think his advice was his bad. Advice is, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I was like, his advice is bad, but because we're not susceptible to his charms, because we know his story, I think it's different. Oh. The audience, the, the regular audience that doesn't um, go deep like us, <laughs> the regular audience is, might be um, like Alexis shooting those eyes at him. Like, Oh yeah, this guy, this guy's good looking and articulate. He knows what he's talking about. And he's just a big old dummy. <laughs> Yeah, those are some people that are like, where's Dr. Viviana? I'm like, oh, oh. my God. <laughs> like, 
y'all are hella late. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some juicy, juicy stuff. Kristen and Mitch. I'm surprised I'm using that phrase with them, but that's what's that's what's happening this week. <laughs> what a dick. Agreed. Just I don't know how Kristen studied this long. But it opens to Kristen meeting with her sister-in-law, Stephanie. So that's Mitch's brother's wife. Yes. Uh, They're having lunch. And Kristen says that she's really excited to meet up with Stephanie because they vibe. They've hung out before, but it's always kind of been in a group setting. So it's nice that they're going to get to have this one-on-one. Kristen says right off the bat that she's having a bit of an issue with Mitch and his contrarianism. And Stephanie gets it because, well, she says a lot of time, It's because he has really poor delivery. She says back in the day um, when they were first getting to know each other that she herself is strong-willed. She has her own opinions and doesn't really bend on them if she doesn't think, you know, she's wrong. Um, So a lot of times they were at odds. And most of the times it was because of the way Mitch presented things. So it made her naturally get defensive against him. She says that her and Mitch's brother are conscious people, but not to the level that Mitch is, and that they've both kind of had to change their ways. Apparently, Mitch has come a long way in the way that he communicates and he delivers his messages. He's also learned that making people feel bad isn't necessarily a good way to get them to change. Has he learned that? Shocker. (laughs) No. I don't think he understands what's hurtful (laughs) as part of it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> it's like I can't even. Let me let me organize my thoughts. <laughs> Kristen says that she appreci- appreciates this conversation because she wanted confirmation, basically, that she's not crazy, and other people see this too. <laughs> but they've been able to work through it so far. Kristen says she wants to be a co-pilot on his mission, but she just needs more information uh, to get a better understanding of him. Basically, Stephanie tells her to be upfront and vulnerable and let him know what's up for compromise and what isn't just make it crystal clear what you need from him and then be patient about the change Uh, but don't delay what you want either if something's bothering you if you need something make it plain which i mean sounds like good advice to me Yeah, yeah so next we see them meeting with dr pepper to get some professional help quote unquote Kristen again brings up that Mitch is an, is an advocate of the environment, which is great, but there's a struggle there. It's to the point where she feels guilty about going to get her Dunkin' in the morning. <laughs> so sad. Mitch says that he does notice that she does like to get her coffees, and he respects that she does what she wants to, but her remembering to take her reusable cup every morning would wouldn't be um or her forgetting to take a cup wouldn't be a break in their marriage in his opinion it does mean a lot to him that she's trying then dr pepper asks if there's anything in her life she's trying to do that would make him upset and then they get into the conversation about her wanting to flip houses Kristen says they never really resolved that disagreement so dr pepper asks mitch you know what's the problem basically and he says there's just a big cross-section between sustainability, social justice, class, and urbanism uh, in regards to developing the city and flipping the houses to make a profit because that competes with regular normal families being able to afford a flip property versus the property as it originally was. Basically, people are getting priced out. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper says there should be a way for him to not put this whole 
situation on Kristen's shoulders. It's not like she's solely responsible for gentrifying the whole city. <laughs> she just wants to have one house <laughs> and try to make a little profit. And Mitch agrees. He says that part of his job is not to blame individuals for society's problems. And he doesn't want to put all of this on Kristen because it's not her responsibility solely to solve it. Mitch says that the way he views the world, there's always a dark side. There's always going to be carbon footprint. There's always going to be human suffering. There's always going to be a dark side to everything. So he asked Kristen if this is something that she can handle because a lot of people wouldn't want someone in their life that's going to be constantly reminding them of the dark side. And he's aware of that. Dr. Pepper chimes in and says, you know, that is a serious question because that's a core value of who he is. He's asking if Kristen can support that. And she says she doesn't know. <laughs> she says when she meets new people in the beginning, she tends to focus on the good uh, rather than the bad. But she doesn't know if his contrarianism is something that she can live with because when he does show this dark side, it really affects her. But Dr. Pepper tries to be a voice of reason and remind them how much they've grown so far. And Mitch says that Kristen needs to know that side of him is never going to go away, no matter how much they work and compromise and change. It's still going to be something that's there in some way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, one day Kristen could think that her ideal husband isn't concerned with all of these things. There's a million other guys out there who care less about Ziploc bags and straws. But Dr. Pepper says, well, he hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> She says there's always going to be someone who's perfect in one way and then fails in another area. You're never going to have someone that fulfills that magical checklist we always talk about. The real question is if they are committed to each other and have more core values in common and then still not work. Dr. Pepper asks if there's anything else they need to discuss and Mitch says he has a question about decision day and he talks about how Kristen previously said that she definitely need, needed to hear I love you before the day and he hasn't said it to her and they've also you know, shut down the intimacy at this point. So he wants to know if that's still a hard boundary for her. He says for him, he feels like they're on a journey and there's still progress to be made and basically that's enough for him. They can continue on the past past the eight weeks and keep working on moving towards love if they haven't gotten there yet. Kristen says that she put that ultimatum out there the day after he said he wasn't attracted to her on the honeymoon. So now she's looking at things differently because of the progress that they've made. You know, they're in a different place now. And she thinks that they're pretty much on the same page. All she's really asking for him is to be committed and let his walls down and fall in love with her specifically. They wrap it up with Kristen saying that she's really happy that they had a session with Dr. Pepper. She was able to you know, basically get her issues off and they both have a better understanding of where they stand. So next, we see them eating dinner after uh, the session with Dr. Pepper, and they're having a discussion about it. Kristen says she's happily surprised about how they were able to resolve the situation. And, you know, Mitch says he's not a capitalistic person, but there is ways to make money and still respect his values, and he's all for that. She says at first she was really worried about him and his values and lifestyle, but living with him doesn't feel as extreme as she thought it was going to be. And Mitch says, oh, it'll get worse, <laughs> but not too crazy. And Kristen's like, wait, what? <laughs> More extreme than it is now? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've just been really blasé about stuff because this is a temporary setting. 
Uh, like for example, in my normal life, I wouldn't use paper towels. I would use like reusable cloth rags and then wash them. And Kristen says, okay, that's fine. But what would impact her would be if she was the only person doing the laundry and cleaning those cloths. That's when it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. Mitch says it's all about them having a system. And during this whole conversation, they're cutting to this over-enhanced audio of Mitch slurping on these, like, it looked like Thai do, like Thai noodles. <laughs> it was so gross. And Kristen's face is just horrified. <laughs> like, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. This is my husband. <laughs> Yeah, it gets to the point where she says, like, have you always eaten like this? And I just never noticed. She says she's actually concerned with the way he's eating. And she hopes that it's just because he's really hungry today. <laughs> because it's disturbing. I mean, agreed. But grown-ass man. Slurping noodles. We know Mitch is not a grown-ass man. <laughs> he's just an advanced age toddler. <laughs> so it goes back to them talking. And Kristen says that she feels like... She covered all her bases in the session and asked if he feels the same way. He says he's just leaving a little more space for things to come up that haven't at this point. And there's always going to be something to deal with. And that's just life. But it cuts to an ITM of Mitch saying that he does have one concern. And it's about Kristen's look. He says basically he wants her to be totally natural, just totally dressed down. And he doesn't know how to approach the subject. So he does the worst thing possible and asks her family members how. <laughs> so Mitch is on Zoom with Kristen's sister, Rachel. The closest person who, like, <laughs> to her. The worst possible person I mean, person they damn near have the same, they damn near have the same voice. I was like, whoa. Yeah. They sound exactly the same. <laughs> they look really similar mm -hmm, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this was not a good idea. So they start the conversation. Mitch asks Rachel if she if she has any insights for him on uh, Kristen overall. And Rachel says that from her understanding, Mitch's expectations going into the experiment weren't met. And she wants to know how they work to overcome that. Mitch is says, looking back, it wasn't about Kristen. It was more about him. Uh, a lot. A lot of fears that he had about marriage and commitment. Basically, the fight or flight reaction was happening and it was really hard. He says that he was unconsciously expecting a girl with a more surfer hippie vibe. But once he got over his own issues, he was able to accept Kristen as she is. And he recognizes that she's a great person and probably better than his expectations in reality. Rachel says that Kristen is really open-minded and she's a lover of the earth, but she's not giving like the super hippie vibe. Rachel says that Kristen deserves someone who is all the way into her. And then he asked Kristen or Rachel about how to approach Kristen in regards to her look. He says that he thinks Kristen is most beautiful in their, her natural state when it's the end of the night and they're hanging out, the makeup's off, hair's messy. That's when she's the prettiest. Hope that you don't take it wrong. Shout out to Drew. <laughs> okay. Um, to him, like we said before, he thinks this is a huge compliment. And then this is when Rachel has to like get on him and it's like, it's not about you. <laughs> Anybody think about you, Otis? Not everything is for the male gaze. Maybe Kristen wants to put on makeup and do her hair because she wants to look good for herself. Mm -hmm. That's how she feels confident. That's what she wants to do. Nobody's thinking about your raggedy ass. <laughs> Bye. So I don't know. Uh, he's basically saying... 
to springboard off of him already saying he's not attracted to her and now him saying again he wants her to change her hair and makeup is probably not a good idea hair makeup way of life um all her daily habits everything (laughs) the dog the damn dog everything rachel says that Kristen is already insecure about him even liking her already so yeah don't this is not a good (laughs) road to go down why is he so dumb he knows this is the closest person to Kristen. of course she's gonna relay all of this information to Kristen. you idiot yeah he's he's dumb (laughs) but rachel says again that Kristen deserves someone that cares about her and ultimately her advice to Kristen has been to figure out if mitch is worth all of Mm -hmm. this like you need to be thinking about yourself not changing for him and that's where we leave it for now yeah you know dr pepper brought up the point that you know her the next guy could be the perfect guy but there's always like one thing or whatever that may be the Mm -hmm. case but like the next guy might be i don't know never put the seat down and this guy's thing is shaming her on a daily basis about all the things she's doing about it yeah Yeah. i was like i'd rather just put the seat down. <laughs> yeah. They have those easy closed seats on uh, Amazon. Problem solved. At, at this point, you know, the grass is greener. <laughs> yeah. Just like I was saying before, like, who the hell is Mitch? Like, right? You're 41. You wear lady sandals. You're balding. You have baby teeth. Like, <laughs> you're not fucking Brad Pitt or something so who are you to tell somebody that they need to change how they look you got a hoarder apartment nasty kitchen I don't know what are the positives man that white man Mm -hmm. confidence Mm -hmm. there's nothing like it (laughs) nothing like it (laughs) all right let's put a pin in that one uh let's run through Ben and Morgan it was really short uh they are meeting there's no niceties here um they are meeting with dr pepper no one's visiting anybody's family at this point uh ben is super nervous he says if this doesn't work out he would be devastated because his family would be so disappointed in him dr pepper asks how she sees herself in a relationship morgan says that a relationship brings out a softer side of her but it has to be with the right person and someone who she trusts then dr pepper brings up you know, the whole nurse thing. She says, you know, Ben, you've been kind of in a panic this whole time and you've done some questionable things like the whole, you know, license thing. And Morgan takes this time in a ITM to show everybody on camera her license that is Googleable. Um, so just proof in the pudding. She is a real nurse. End of the story. Uh, that- and it's mm-hmm. funny because immediately when this storyline was presented that was the first thing people did why did ben not do that right because it was easily found by everybody on reddit as soon as this came out i'm pretty sure he doesn't know anything about this profession or anything but you would also think like okay you found out who you're married to let me let me do a deep dive (laughs) but no i guess this is not even in his realm um so he's just a dum-dum here Dr. Pepper then asks if Morgan has accepted or believed his apology. And she says that his apology has always been prompted and it has never been heartfelt. So no. And then Dr. Pepper turns to Ben and asks how, you know, how he's gone through this whole process when it's been kind of really messed up. He then says that when he was brought up, his parents 
had showed showed no emotions whatsoever. He had to internalize emotion. Um, he ran away from his emotions, and in this process, the same thing happened. He ran away from his emotions. He was scared. He was angry, and he just never faced it. Then Dr. Pepper asked if Morgan has ever felt happy throughout this marriage, and she said, "Yeah, they had their mar- their moments, but it's not reconstructable. Like this isn't gonna work." To which Dr. Pepper says, this sounds like your decision day. Do you want this marriage to end? She says, yeah, this marriage is over. She wants a divorce. She asks the same of Ben. He also says yes. He says he wants to work on himself and that he's not ready to be married. He says it sucks to be the first one in his family to be divorced. And he's he's not even a doctor. <laughs> I felt so bad for him here. <laughs> he's not even a doctor. So now he can't excel in both of those things. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, that's too much. That's too much to put on you, Ben. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. It seemed very rehearsed, very produced, um, and in and out. It was done. Thank God we don't see them <laughs> at all. Well, we have a couple more minutes of them. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I didn't see them in the preview next week. <laughs> so that's a win. This is true. <laughs> But yeah, let's let's continue the story. Let's go into that um, really awkward group outing. Again, stop making them hang out together. <laughs> no, this is gold. I needed Kristen to have her moment. So everybody's at the pool. They're playing volleyball and cooking out. Ben said that he really wanted to come out today to this event, even though him and Morgan are not on speaking terms, basically. This is their last hurrah. This is the last time they're going to be together as a group. Um, they're obviously not friends, but he just wanted to be able to say his final piece, basically. Then we see the girl sitting around the hot tub. Morgan asks Kristen how it's going, and she doesn't say anything. She just kind of gives Morgan a look, and Morgan says, yep, same. (laughs) Kristen says at this point, she's taken aback, or she's taking back what she wants instead of trying to be what someone else wants her to be. She says she's been trying to keep the peace, but she's going to have her moment. Then we hear a voiceover where Kristen says on the way to this group outing, she talked to her sister, Rachel, and Rachel spilled the beans basically on the whole Zoom conversation with Mitch. Kristen says that it's really inconsiderate of him after all the progress that they've made to ask his ask her sister for advice on changing her appearance. It's rude and hurtful. So next we see everybody sitting together and eating. Again, Chef Miguel is in the house. <laughs> He's the one that grilled out for everybody and they all start talking about their visits with the experts. They ask Ben if him and Morgan had a meeting and Morgan says, yes, uh, this actually was our decision day. So tonight's going to be our last night in the process with everyone. Morgan says that it's bittersweet and that she's going to miss him or them. (laughs) She's not going to miss him at all. At all. Uh, They ask Ben how he feels and he says the same. It's bittersweet for him too. He has to figure out his life basically He said this might even be his last day in San Diego, period. He just wants to start clean. His goals are to continue with therapy and to grow into a better person. And hopefully he'll find Mrs. Wright somewhere down the line. Mitch asked them if they feel at peace with their decision and the way things ended. Morgan said she did what was best for her. Ben is not her ideal partner, so divorce was the only option. She says that Dr. Pepper asked if they would be friends, and she says no, because she does not trust him whatsoever. She does never want to see, speak, <laughs> hear about nothing with Ben, ever. 
So the reunion should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't been... Just fooled him to Alaska. Yeah, for real. Like, he's off the deep end. I feel bad <laughs> for him. Like, he he has a lot to work through. I'm glad he's in therapy. How did none of these flags come up during the matchmaking process? They don't give a fuck. It did. Mm-hmm. It did. And they said, gold. That's what they said. <laughs> this is gold. Uh, ben says that he would be fine being friends with Morgan. He wants her to do well going forward. He wishes that she could forgive him and accept his apology, but he understands that means even if she she did that, she doesn't have to accept him in her life. Everybody heals in their own time, so he understands her not wanting to be involved with him, but he thinks in order for her to completely move on, she needs to forgive him. Otherwise, it's just going to be sitting there. It's going to be something that she's just holding on to, and ultimately that's not good for her mental health, so she needs to learn to let it go. Uh, Stasha says that her and Nate met with Pastor Cal and it went well because Cal is happy with where they are and there's been a lot of growth. They asked Lindy and Miguel how it's going and they say everything is good. We know there are quote unquote normal couple for this season so they don't really have too much to say. Mm-hmm. They ask uh, about McKimby <laughs> aka McGindy who has been sent back to where it came from. <laughs> they have that weird conversation about gender identity and lindy says the baby has a tiny wiener <laughs> and miguel says that's fitting for the santiago oh so my gosh go there <laughs> just like everybody stop talking just stop talking <laughs> just, y'all just have to make it weird then they move to alexis and justin where uh, they say they talked about intimacy and different things in that area alexis is used to being with someone more dominant but justin isn't into it unless it's being reciprocated alexis says they're in a place right now in their relationship where she needs that dominant energy and justin says he understands that but he needs to feel comfortable too they ask if he's still in love and he says of course but he does have mixed feelings now and this is when alexis kind of shoots him and look like wait what <laughs> I thought you I thought I had it wrapped up mm-hmm. around my fingers. What do you mean you you're have not obsessed with me? Mixed feelings. They ask about decision day and Justin says he doesn't know how he feels anymore. A lot has happened and he really just needs to sort things out. Alexis says that she even had if he even had to ask the question about choosing between her and something else, he needs to choose the something else because she's not an option. Mm-hmm. She should be the obvious choice. So if there's any question in his mind, he should move along. And I said, okay. Which is funny because that's like, they're thinking the same thing. Like, there's she's not all in either. You know, mm-hmm. she's questioning things too. Like, so is she going to take her own advice or is she going to pretend like this is still happening? <laughs> so Stasha asks Mitch and Kristen who they met with. And Mitch says they talked to Dr. Pepper and that she really gets them as individuals and as a couple. He says there was a theme in their conversation, which was what's holding you back or what else do you need answers on or what's not reconciled because they're getting close to decision day. They need to figure those things out. This is when Alexis, who well, her and Justin both have been elected to be the official shit stirs (laughs) again in this episode. And she specifically asked Mitch about his attraction to Kristen and specifically him being bothered about her wearing makeup and dressing up. Specifically those phrases. Uh-huh. 
because and and her reasoning was because in the beginning you said da 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 you said you weren't comfortable with those things but now you seem to be okay so how's that going <laughs> this look is and like and i said that uh out loud to y'all i don't remember saying that to y'all <laughs> exactly mitch claims that he never said that and yeah it's clearly confused and Kristen presses him and says you didn't say you wanted me to be more earthy and mitch says yeah i did but i didn't feel like i he says yes but he's doesn't feel like he said that out loud to anybody like you said yeah <laughs> and he says he definitely didn't know that it was something too that was like getting around to other people so Morgan asks Mitch how he feels about Kristen now, and he says that he doesn't really know yet. <laughs> Mitch says that when they talked to Dr. Pepper, they discussed Decision Day and what it meant to them. Uh, they have talked about it and both decided to be honest. Kristen is really wondering if she could be Mitch's wife, and more recently she's wondering if Mitch, if she's what Mitch wants as well. Um, you know, she doesn't know if she's okay with being with someone who is so unsure about her after all this time. She thinks her needs are a little bit bigger than what they discussed or the, than what can be fixed in the next two weeks of the experiment. And then we see a little side conversation with Nate and Stasha saying that they're definitely not going to make it. <laughs> so next we see the ambush. Surprise, the experts are still here and they're going to come address everybody as a group. Just like last year. Yeah, this is an, a new trope mm -hmm. of seasons late. Uh, of course, they say they've been watching and listening to everything that's been happening. Devon asks Alexis if there's something she could do to make the intimacy aspect easier for Justin. This was so weird to me. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> exactly. Are they talking about what I think they're talking about? <laughs> In front of everyone, <laughs> which is also another yeah. awkward factor. So she says that, yes, she could make it easier for Justin. And for example, that morning, Justin asked if he could get some help. I And she said, yes. yeah, okay. That's exactly how I took it. Okay. Yes. He got a hand job, right? That's how you took it or something. Or something. Okay. This is, I, yeah. Why would you even say this? This is strange. Um, yeah. She asked him to try to be, I guess, a little bit more dominant because it's only been one day he's been trying to speak himself into this new confidence. Mm -hmm. And Devon tells Justin that life is asking him to step up it's not just with alexis and it's not just about what's happening in the bedroom it's going to show up in every aspect of his life and Justin needs to stand up as the man and not back down when things come become uncomfortable justin says he's used to be an equal and i guess not being in the dominant role i ended that with this conversation is weird <laughs> It is, it is weird. Um, I just think it's funny if you're telling a person who is not confident, full of insecurities, that it's going to show up in every other way in their life. That's that's like putting fire on gas. That's just going to make them more insecure, <laughs> less confident. It's fine. He just got to be the man. Be the man. Man up. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, then Dr. Pepper addresses Kristen and she asks, did something happen? <laughs> Y'all seemed okay yesterday. What's going on now? And Kristen says that based on the conversation Mitch had with her sister, did he really overcome those initial obstacles and hurdles of his attraction to her? 
because when she talked to Rachel, she learned that maybe he hasn't like he says he has, and it's making her, you know, go backwards. Dr. Pepper says, okay, that initial rejection was really tough because everybody wants to feel attractive and wanted, especially by their life partner. And Dr. Pepper thought they experienced a big change and that Mitch was saying, you know, he felt different. So what's going on? Like, was there a change or no? And Mitch says that based on what he's picking up from the conversation that they've had tonight, and when he talked to Rachel, the last thing he said was that he was most attracted to Kristen when she was looking basic as hell. Dr. Pepper says it's kind of a big compliment that he thinks she's beautiful without having any kind of enhancements. And he asked, she asks Mitch if he's attracted to Kristen. And he says, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. She's like, I... Sure. I mean, she's not a doll. Sure. Which is insane because she's beautiful. He's crazy. Yeah, Mitch could do worse. Mm -hmm. 100% he has done worse. 100%. And at this point, Dr. Pepper's like, ooh, yeah, she's going to hear that the way she heard it and the way all of America heard it. (laughs) Dr. Pepper says that she wouldn't have even asked that if she thought she wasn't going to get an affirmative Mm -hmm. answer. And... He says that, well, you know, what do you want me to do? You're confronting me in front of everybody. You're putting me on the spot. And yeah, it just spins out from here. This is when Kristen is, you know, kind of charged up and she's like, there's no secret conversation going on. This literally happened right before we got here. Kristen says that she was shocked that he even brought up that he wanted a hippie girl and, you know, was bold enough to ask her sister for advice on how to get her to dress down. At this point, she's visibly upset. She's like crying. Dr. Pepper, well, she tells Dr. Pepper that this is really hard because this is embarrassing. Like, Mm -hmm. you're basically saying I'm ugly in front of everybody. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Um, Dr. Pepper starts saying that they can work this out. And ultimately, she thinks there's enough attraction for them to move on from this. And Kristen cuts her off and says, you know, I respect you and the other experts. I'm a huge advocate of this experiment. But I'm not going to accept being attractive enough. She says she's not going to accept him needing eight weeks of professional help in order for him to want to be married to her. Mm -hmm. At this point, he's made her so confused about herself. When she came into this as a full, confident woman who was excited about life and excited about being in this experience. She wants someone who's going to be excited when she walks into the room. And somebody who thinks she's beautiful, even if she does have a little bit of makeup on. At this point, Kristen says she's done. Uh, Dr. Pepper says she's sorry, and Kristen says she doesn't need an apology from Dr. Pepper. She needs one from Mitch, which she doesn't Mm -mm. get, because Mitch just says, oh my god, I'm just so blindsided. I don't know where any of this is coming from, and da-da-da-da-da. And then we get an ITM with the, you know, chatty patties, Justin and Alexis, (laughs) where they're just doing a full-on, like, Comedy Central special. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? And who are y'all to be talking about attractiveness in your partner? (laughs) Alexis, I'm looking at you. But they are saying that they don't know, like, how this is all playing out. Like, there's no way they'd want to be with anybody who's thought they were halfway attractive. And, you know, basically he needs a hippie from Boulder, Colorado with dirty feet. (laughs) So was he supposed to be matched with Lindy or... (laughs) That would have been wild. But they closed... (laughs) 
That would be an interesting wife swap. Didn't they talk about wife swapping in the beginning? Uh, Because they do it in the other version, I think, the UK version. Did you? Um, So it closes with Pastor Cal saying that they all matched the couples because they all came in saying that they wanted to be married and they would do anything to make it work. So now here we are at the point we better start getting to work because marriage ain't for punks, all right? (laughs) Available on Amazon.com. Available. (laughs) Use this promo code. Get out of my brain. (laughs) Use this promo code for 10% off. Exactly. And that's the episode. That's it. Oh, man. Next week, there's always shit to be had at couples retreat. So I'm for it. I'm looking forward to that. And it's prom. And it's prom. Even more drama. I'm also here for that as well. And it's Lindy's prom and her and Miguel fight the whole time. Finally. <laughs> it's all good. Are we going to see bad Lindy? Um, She was cackling like the Joker. Like I said before, it was very scary. So I hope so. Is this the third time she's going to get to 10? Perhaps. I think we're going to see a little bit more machismo Miguel. Mm, that should be interesting. Because he was very like, you're not going to talk to me like that. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Well, we'll we'll find out. Um, All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can send us Cheesemit on our Instagram at Queens podcast and on Twitter at Queens. Every Wednesday, Igby Live tweets the episode so you can catch her there. And it's always a party. And um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast so other Cheesemosas can find us. Igby, anything else? Um... I was going to say there was a lady on the International Married at First Sight that got scammed out of like $70,000 on OnlyFans. What? How? Somebody reached out to her as like fake, uh, like fake agent or something mm-hmm. and somehow swindled her out of the money. She didn't do her research to make sure the person was legit. Jeez. Well, that's unfortunate. All that OnlyFans hard work for nothing. For real. Well, thanks for ending it on a downer. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, y'all. Bye. See ya. (laughs) 